0: The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist.
1: Welcome to the Fearless Happiness podcast. This is Max coming to you live from Fallbrook, California. I don't know, not live, actually. So, But good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in this world today, i Got a very, very special guest. Not only is he a very, very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, but this gentleman has quite a story and I wanted to bring him on so he could share with you all how he's overcome some of the crazy challenges he's been through. So what I like to do, Brennan, is have you introduce yourself, like who you are and what you do, and then we're going to take off from there.
2: Yeah. What's up, Max? Thanks for having me on. I am Brennan Legoner, an and Afghanistan veteran from the Air Force and um, medically retired. So I now run my own LLC called a journey to the light ministries and my own nonprofit called a journey to the light incorporated. Uh, we especially, we give our mission is to give back to veterans, law enforcement, first responders, and then other people struggling with traumas, addictions and things like that. We help with vocational job, getting uh, vocational school, stuff like that. And, um, Got saved in 2016 after lots of suicide attempts, long road of addiction, all that good stuff. And just kind of on the road, the journey to the light and um, trying to help as many people as we can.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you um, share with the audience some of those challenges and struggles that you had like Brennan and I have known each other for two going on eight or nine years now, if not longer, yeah. we've been close Crazy. for quite a while, but I want him to tell you his story because it's quite incredible, you know, and it just doesn't mean, you know, cause, um, you know, he overcomes one challenge, just new ones don't come up. But this man is like, I liken him to one of my favorite players ever, Earl Campbell. You know, he's the kind of dude that will just put his head down and try to run you over. And he's a big boy, so you better watch out. But share your it's story, side with, side. <laughs> right? Share, share like some of the challenges you've had to overcome in this journey we call life, Brennan.
2: Yeah, I'll share some of the big ones I've overcome and the ones that I still struggle with because me and Max always keep it real and raw, right? Um Five years, you know, grew up with an alcoholic father. They got divorced at five years old. He was very abusive towards us. My mom, physically, sexually. used uh, mainly alcohol, cocaine. Ended up being found dead when um, I was 13. In between those years, I was molested by a female, an aunt. At six, that went on until I was about 11. A uh, full-blown rape, sexual assault from my own family member. Raped by a man when I was seven years old. And uh, in between that time of being either at my dad's house in the wrong spot or wrong time or left with different babysitters, and there was four other people that molested me in my childhood. I went through that, tore my rotator cuff, started using oxycodone at 14. By 15, was already changing the scripts that had 30 on it to, to nines or right. whatever I could do to get more. I actually did that. And then my mom was the one that turned it in. I almost got her busted so i was already full-blown addicted and doing stuff like that at 15 didn't only cover up my physical injuries it covered up all the emotional stuff right so that went on i was fully addicted at 16 treatment at genesis in milwaukee at 17 after the towers fell i knew i was going to join the military after 9 11 uh joined the air force did exceptionally well went through a lot of stuff there ended up getting injured and put back on nine different narcotic medications. I mean, fentanyl, morphine, and azepan, you name it, I was on it, I even had fentanyl suckers. Ended up getting, going through a bunch of stuff in the military that we won't get into, but um, ended up getting medically, honorably discharged, fully addicted to fentanyl at this point. In between this time, I already had met someone, gotten her pregnant, got orders to Iraq, so quick got married. Long story short, that led to a uh, the next, so that was 2010. So between 2010 and 2016, I was either homeless, in treatment, or in jail. Um, I'd bounce back for 30 days, do good, hit the ground running again for a year or two. Overdosed multiple times, tried killing myself a few times. 2014, got bad dope because I owed a dope dealer, heroin. He surprised me with giving me something that was basically not what it was. Got sepsis, had my whole arm stripped and removed, my veins, and they were going to uh, chop it off. Luckily, I still have it. It's in the hospital for three months straight, two and a half months in. I got so sick sitting in my bed and struggling while I'm still on pain meds, so I'm not really getting help or anything, right? Um, because sepsis, I was in such bad septic shock, like I had to learn how to walk again. Right. I had endocarditis, I had infection in my heart, my brain, which usually is fatal. I tricked the nurse into kind of like getting up and taking my walker and saying, "Hey, you know, you've been wiping my ass and going to pee with me for two months. I'm a big boy. It's time to do it myself." You know. Right knowing in the back of my head I had a different agenda so she's like all right I'll give you your privacy I put a chair next to the door barricaded the door and grabbed a belt from the hospital bed bed, and quick ran in the shower as fast as I could and um, put it right at the back of the pipe where it was strong and just kind of got on my tippy toes pulled the belt up as far as I could and just let go I ended up basically like blacking out teleporting like to a beach midnight teleporting to a beach and my experience my first experience with the Lord was basically my feet and my knees in the hot sand and it was like somebody poured a, a hot, hot jar of Jenny, a, a hot jar of honey on my head it was the Holy Spirit going from my head all the way to my toes right. and um, I didn't know what that was at the time when I looked up the Lord told me everything was going to be okay. Then I instantly shot back into my body, strapped in the bed. All the nurses were trying to revive and do their thing and ended up getting out relapsing. That's where I ended up going to good old, you know, I told my mom, I'm not going to make it. I got to get out of here again. Right. Trying to do those environmental changes called Daryl, our man, Daryl, your your sponsor, right. He ended up getting me insurance. You know, It was one of those things where it was like, six days into the month and you, you could only get it on the first. Right. So I'm like, Mom, I don't know if I'm going to make it three and a half weeks. Well, by the grace of God, I did. Went to Seacliff, met you. You were my one of my counselors. He and my sponsor did good, I think, for what, three months, four months. Yeah. Ended up relapsing up in that apartment and then uh, was homeless out there. Back to detox. Went on a run for another six months doing different drugs and things and living out of my car. Well, first on Huntington Beach, and then I finally... Got my parents to get me in a car because they thought I was gonna get killed. Was so burnt out, it was time to uh it was just time to kill myself. A guy came up to my car, hit the window with a flashlight. I always had police come up and say, dude, you can't park here, get out of here. Right. So I thought it was a cop, wasn't, I ended up getting pissed whipped and kicked out of my car. And luckily the keys were in my pocket and they didn't steal the car. And that's when I called my mom and said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And all I heard the next day basically was. Just a voice in my head to go north. And at this time, I was living in like Corona um, or Riverside. The only thing north that me and my mom could think of was my aunt that lives in Sacramento. So I ended up going up to Sacramento, living with her for three weeks. She kind of questioned me on some things about how that could have happened with her sister or whatever, you know, that pissed me off. She's like, F this, I'm out of here. Homeless in Sacramento, ended up meeting a girl. Got invited to go to real life church and ended up going to a lot of second Saturdays, like upper room worship services. And one day finally just broke down, got up to walk forward and just fell on my face, dude. Shortly got baptized after that started working at MST architects and just killing it in Sacramento doing ministry four days a week, started journaling writing my book that I just finished called A journey to the light thought, you know, what happens when we, you know, take our pride back, right? Right. End up meeting this other woman after I was divorced the first time. Long story short, moved back to Wisconsin. Thought I was good. Well, guess who came on knocking at my, my door from you know the previous 12 years ago or whatever it was? An old drug dealer. Walks up the stairs, open it up. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm like, what are you doing here, bro? Like, dude, I'm good. I'm clean. I'm just seeing how you're doing. I heard you were back in town, blah 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 blah. Like right, ever dude, come on and sit down at the table. you sit down at the table and doesn't say a freaking word to me, bro. He just whips out like four bags of heroin, of like hard brown heroin right. and tosses them. So, these are on me. And I sat and I stared at those bags for four or five hours, just playing the angel and devil. Like, should I? Should I? Yeah, I want no, I can't. Look how far I've come. Blah 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 blah. Even did, even went to flushing, the, chucking them in the toilet, they were sealed, flushing them. <laughs> and then before they went down like a little goldfish bowl, <laughs> right. pulling them back out, right? Yeah. Not funny, but... No, we can now. laugh at it
1: because we know that feeling. I've done that stuff a couple times.
2: <clears throat> when I was in my addiction, there was fentanyl patches and all that stuff. So you knew fentanyl is fentanyl oxys were oxys, right? Right. Now everything's fentanyl. I don't, I don't even know if people can get heroin anymore from the way it sounds. Like, Right. you know, it's just whatever. But um, I ended up... Finding a pin, loaded that and blasted it, and it was pure fentanyl and killed me instantly. Luckily, somebody had come up my door because they heard a, a, a bang on the floor or whatever it was. And um, I was already white out. Police came, Narcan me, you know, searched the house. In, in between me falling out and whatever, I used to be so ingrained to hide stuff, right? I put those bags somewhere else. I didn't like. They found a couple of them. So lo and behold, I get out of the hospital seven days later after my heart's better and stable. And what happens, right? I open the cupboard and freaking baggy falls out. Right. Just died. Well, guess what? Do it again. This time, Just so the audience
1: knows that's the power of addiction, right? You could have just died a week ago, but your brain and your addiction tells you, ah, it'll be different, right? And and just a quick disclaimer here. There's people out there watching, right? I was never your counselor. I just facilitated groups for Daryl. And then you asked me, you know what I mean? So, but we have been friends, been sponsee, sponsor (laughs) on and off for eight years. The beauty of this is that we have become close friends and we've stayed in touch. You know, I want the audience to understand, like, if you don't address the issues that you're going through, right? Which you didn't do for a while, right? Because like me, like, you know, yeah, we you know. we got we got high. That's how we had addressed it, right? We wanted to check out. But uh, continue because the, the, the audience really needs to hear your story and how you finally said, okay, yeah. enough is enough. And I'm, you know, I got to get better here.
2: Yeah, so I OD'd again. And then about a week after that, I did it again. I found <laughs> one of the other bags stuffed in a book that the police <laughs> didn't see here. Or... That was the last day I, I shot up and, and, and used that drug. And it, you know, that was like, God took his hand, like a oversized spatula and just, you know, (laughs) like one of those old, remember those old like stringy hands? I just, (laughs) (laughs) right. It was like, he just boom. Like how many times, how many chances am I going to give you this, this and that? And here's another thing to add to your point right? This is, this is 2018. So two years after I got saved, baptized, right? Thought everything was good. Everything was sunshine and rainbows, moved home, took stuff back into my own hands. But I had never told my mom about certain people raping me. Right. I hadn't talked to anybody about the military and I had been out eight years. I had zero VA benefits between all that time because I didn't get my full retirement or win my case until December 15th of 2020. So like, was angry about my dad, angry about my aunt. I didn't work on anything, ex- you know, the underlying issues. It was not my will, but my faith that was keeping me going. But I also stopped practicing my faith and going to church and reading in scripture every day and all that stuff. Right. So, I mean, mine's more of a faith-based program. I don't do the AA, the NA stuff even though I read the books and believe in the program, love the program, because there's just so much packed into my story. It's been such a long process to, to, to get it all out. Lo and behold, you know, I, I still have some of my biggest struggles today. Post-traumatic stress disorder, of course, pre-military, post-military or pre in and out, you know, debilitating, paralyzing anxiety, a lot of people, roller coasters of depression. One thing I didn't share was I, I had hit my jaw shattered in the Air Force. So I have two plates in my face and one in the, the upper part of my my head or my temple. Lots of other injuries. I've had seven traumatic brain injuries um, resulting in brain bleeding, other things. Um, so like all that stuff is still stuff I deal with today, but still trudging through it. And one thing I want, I to- want people to know is I think there's there's such a cliche western church culture now that's like believe in jesus get saved and you're good right everything like life will be perfect right and well, we me, know that's, that's life not is, true you gotta life work has you gotta work better, have, <laughs> yeah life has been better as far as having a relationship with god and finding peace and stuff but my life has gotten harder as far as the attacks and the temptations especially being a christian ministry now i mean i'm i get mortared every day by stuff and other people and I just want people to know yeah it's just like your recovery it's just like your faith you got to work on both of them consistently or your own will comes back and you're probably gonna end up screwing up. It's like that saying <laughs> says right faith
1: without works is dead, right? So if you don't work at it, whether it's 12 step, whether it's church, whatever you choose to do, right? You gotta do you can't just say, okay, whatever, say my I'm sober now, like I everything's gonna be peaches and cream and rainbows. Right. Huh, that doesn't happen as we both know, right? <laughs> we both shared some stuff, right? Like, so I want the audience to to pay attention, right? Because I've known this guy for so long, and I've watched him go through the struggles, right? And right, there's, you know, sometimes he'll disappear on me, right? And I know, because he doesn't want to talk to me. But you know, I've never judged my friend. And and the same with him for me, right? We've always just laughed at it. And, you know, carried on as as friends, right? Because we are and and we both kind of have the same mission, right? Mine's a little different in the sense where, you know, I help people find their fearless happiness, right? Whether it's a vet, whether someone addiction, whether someone struggle with depression, right? But the thing that's common between Brennan and I is we both want to help veterans, right, get the support they need because there's a lot of vets out there that are homeless. Uh, we know the statistic: twenty two veterans kill themselves every day, which we're trying to stop. Right. And, um, you know, if you've been listening, right, it takes a lot of courage because, you know, a lot of guys don't want to talk about what happened to them when they were little. Right. Especially being raped or molested or right. Because we're that we're macho men. We can't talk about that. We're supposed to suck it up. So I appreciate you sharing that with the audience, Brennan, because they need to know, like, you know, it doesn't just happen to to women. It happens to men, too. And then there's, you know. And I know for Brendan, it's a daily grind to, you know, overcome some of the challenges, right? Some people have more severe, you know, PTSD than, than others. Mine, I do because of things that happen. He knows in my family, uh, death, you know, family members dying and stuff like that. But, you know, he's seen battle on the field you know, a battle and he's seen it on the streets, you know, like we both have, but you get what he's saying. If you're paying attention is right. It took him a while, but once he started to get this stuff out and talk to the right people, right. He started to find that peace and serenity, even though we both have days. I know I do where I've just wanted to throw my computer through the window or, you know, take off in my car and run away for a day or two. Right. We all have our struggles, but the thing is one thing that I've always told, told Brennan is that you don't have to do it alone. And sometimes I just, I'm an ear for him. Right. And vice Versus. So I was going to say, share some some positive things that have happened in your life yeah. since you found the Lord, right? And, and decided you know the things yeah. got to change. I got to change, or, or things are going to keep getting
2: worse. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I'm glad you said that because my story gets so full, and there's so much negative in it and good positive. But I'm trying to to not let my story go so far into the whole crap, yeah. right? Because we all can relate to our own different story, but um. Yeah, man. I got my relationship back with my kids now. I'm helping a lot of people through Christ, through my story. i just finished my book, Journey to the Light. Fearless Happiness is sitting right over there. <laughs> book. But um, yeah, and signed a book deal with that. And that's going to allow me to be in many stores to help a lot of people. All these proceeds, 100% go back to helping veterans. I mean... My relationship with my ex, my kid's mom has has returned and been good for my consistency. She knows I still have my struggles and stuff, but um, cold parenting is going well. Um, I've been able to lead my family to the Lord most of them yeah they're, they're just, there's just so much you know a lot of times we allow all the the darkness and the negativity to overshine or not shine to to to, to, put, to cloud the good stuff you know sometimes we get so selfish and sit and think man life sucks today I don't want to get out of bed or do this and that but think about stuff 15 20 years ago man yeah. it was worse but it also is hard too right because me and you have had probably more loss and trauma in our sober years. to deal with that, especially (laughs) especially you. I just, I feel blessed. I don't like to call myself lucky to be able to to use my faith walk and give people hope and speak at events or get feedback on the book. I mean, I'm kind of one of those traveling ministries that we have this mission, right? And right. these ha- these are the three hats we're supposed to wear, but what do we me mean you do? <laughs> we try to wear 50 hats and help everybody and be <laughs> Superman. Right. And it's exhausting, man. It's, it's you know, I'll just be honest. I love what we do, but it, it's more exhausting to have four appointments with four different people and take all their stuff because I let it just magnetize to me, right? And I take it home instead right. of just leaving it at the door. Four hours of talking to people gets me more mentally exhausted than cutting down trees for 12 hours in the woods. Exhausting. But it's my purpose and it's why I'm here. Right. So even so though I'm trying everybody,
1: he's got to listen to his friend here. I've been trying to get him to block out time so he doesn't overwhelm himself. Yeah. He'll get on the phone with me and he'll be like, dude, I'm so tired, man. I had disappointment. I had disappointment. I had disappointment. And I get it. He's a hard worker. So I just got to mess with him once in a while and remind him, you know, hey, block out the time, remember? And you got to take time for you where you can reset. And um, right. Because yeah. you got a busy schedule, especially now with your book coming out. You know, you're going to do book signings and God who knows what, you know, traveling speaking. And right, you know, I like how you're showing that, you know, the audience, not, it's not all the negative, right? There's a lot of good things, like you said, that have come out of this and it continues to, you know, for a while we didn't talk because I didn't know where he was. And, you know, I got to attribute my change in style, like whether it's counseling or coaching, right. To, to Brennan. And he'll tell you when I first started sponsoring, I was that hardcore. You're going to do the 12 steps, bro. You're going to die. And he just looked at me like, fuck that dude. Nah, man, that ain't me. First, you right, but here's the thing you know, when there's when we're looking for the similarities, you know, that's why a lot of us stay friends, whether he's working a program or working his, you know, religion or his church or whatever. We're still friends, you know, despite all that stuff. And that's what counts. Right. And he teaches me, I think as much as I teach him and, you know, he gets to share his story on my podcast today and, and give some people a glimmer of hope. Right. Cause you know, not everybody is on the path that we're at. Right. But maybe you give him some hope, Brandon, cause you've been through some shit, you know, you've been through. Some yeah. shit.
2: Well, so have you, man. You know, it's funny how there's those times where like I just crawled out of a depression hole again. And I don't just avoid you for no reason. I, I do become no. a recluse and I, I don't <laughs> talk to nobody. Like my mom's ready to call the sheriff's department, like <laughs> yeah. or a check, you know, that's just how I sometimes deal with stuff. And in those moments is when I actually, you know, you know, that they're, they're, they're really, really hard even just to get out of bed. But that's where I have kind of that clarity and that like. Man, what am I doing? You know, and that's where I get re-regrounded and re-motivated in my faith. And then all of a sudden, right, this week pops off. Yesterday, phone's blowing up. I want to die. I don't know what to do. This, that, mom's struggling. This, and then boom, like I feel good today, right? And I just popped out of it, just like when you were going stuff with your little granddaughter and stuff. That was a bad time for you, and luckily, out I, I was at the top of my game at that time to be there for you and talk to you in the car before you went in and all that, you know? So, I mean, it, wor- it works in, in, swings and ways where yep. you f- if someone disappears, you kind of know why, but at the same time, we're always there. But usually in the midst of our struggle, like one of us has always been there for each other. So
1: right. there's one thing that and I've always lived by. If
2: you're you- in California. I'm in Wisconsin. So it's right. not like we can just hang out. We haven't seen each other since 2014.
1: Yeah. Probably
2: 2014, and 2015. One of those two closest friend I got, you know what I mean?
1: So yeah. yeah. Well, like they say, right? We can't both be crazy on the same day, man. That's not gonna work, bro. i feel sorry for anybody no. who came around us if we were both like nuts on the same day. Uh, watch no, out, we'll <laughs> hey, bro. What's up? Hey, dog. hey, my bunkie's here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I appreciate you like diving deep so people can understand exactly where you came from and where you're headed, right? And there's a lot of positive things going on in your life today, you know. And I'm blessed to be that you let me be a part of it. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, right? Like I. I always ask my, my guests. So, you yeah. know, I wrote a book, right? Cause you got it sitting at your house right now and it's fearless happiness. What does fearless mean to you? And how does that show up for your life in your life today?
2: Fearless. It's a great question. I love the name of your, your book and your uh, stuff because fear comes from one spot, right? The enemy false existence appearing real is what I say mm-hmm. is fear. So to be fearless is, is to be for me, it's, it's kind of like just having relentless faith faith over fear, like yeah. to be fearless through your struggle. And then with that comes happiness. I mean, that, I mean, your title's perfect. And, um, and th- there's other feelings and stuff that come, you know, from being fearless, but I mean, fearless happiness is about as straightforward as it can get for, I mean, if we sit, it's like my post I posted today, just about worry. And if we're trying to kill two things today, when we're not even into tomorrow, like all you're going to do is be in fear and worry and this and that. And that doesn't, that doesn't promote happiness or anything. It just brings anxiety and other things. So to be fearless is to be relentless in your faith, I think. Absolutely. Right. I I believe in
1: that, like whatever you're thinking about, if you're focusing on it, you're going to bring it to, it's going to come to life. Right. I don't know how the saying goes, anything where your focus goes, the energy grows. So it could either be negative. Right. Or we can focus on the positive. And, and you know, for me, you know, I'm always about being grateful, even for the little things. Um, so that was perfect. So knowing it with the why in happiness, right? What does that mean to you? And how does that show up in your life when you're not hiding from me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're right, though. You're right.
2: <laughs> the why in fearless happiness. I probably should know that, shouldn't I? but I don't. What does it mean to me though? Yeah. What does it mean to you? That's why I put the why there. Cause it, it starts with you.
1: So what does that mean for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I just think it's, it's yeah. It d- I mean, it does start with you. So, I mean, like, why are you fearful and why are you happy type of thing? So I think sort of like the, why would be, what are you fearful about? And then, uh, like I said, like just that false existence appearing real, like it only comes from the enemy. God doesn't make us feel fearful or this or that. Now you can be convicted and stuff. And, and he can, you know, obviously twist our, our hearts and, and and drive us and strive to strive and do better. But um, it's a good question. I don't have the best answer for that one.
1: Good. Cause then I got an assignment for you and in front of my audience, right? So start writing That's down. That's why
2: the, you did it.
1: Three to five things you're grateful for every day. And first thing in the morning when you wake up. right? Because when you're, when you're grateful, right? You, it's hard to be unhappy. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean? You've been there. Right. And I know we both suffer from depression, right? We've had those bouts, but when I focus on what I'm grateful for, even if it's the littlest thing, it's hard for me to, to get depressed anymore. And, and you know what I mean? So does it go away? No, it still happens once in a while, but you know what I mean? I got friends like Brendan that'll call me out of the blue and check on me and, you know, we're working together now and, and, trying to help as many bets and stuff and just as many people as we can, you know, grow and, and find their fearless happiness.
2: Right. Perfect. Now the audience knows why I hide from you because you give me homework. <laughs> I <can't>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Right. But you
1: know, it's stuff that's going to help. Cause you know, the stuff I tell you to do, I do myself still all these years later. Right. Oh, I know every day, every day you're posting your gratitudes. Yeah. So, if people want to work with you, right, or find out how to work with you or, or get your resource, you know what I mean? They just want to get a hold of you. How would they get a hold of you, Brennan?
2: Yeah, you can go to BrennanWegener.com, B R E N N A N W E G E N E R.com, or JTTL.org. They're all connected. You can email me at Light 27 at gmail.com. You can call me at 920-266-3910, that's the ministry phone, or just reach out to me on Facebook, Brian Wagner, and then a Journey to the Light Ministries.
1: All right. What about Instagram? You still got that going?
2: I do. I have my personal page. That's Brendo underscore twenty five. But I haven't posted on that since COVID oh. kicked off. So, <laughs> all right. We'll have I got to get, get there some there. of the marketing stuff going on that. But you can follow there too if you want. I'll start doing some stuff on there. But I mean, it's even just questions about how to get connected with your VA benefits and who to go to for this, or I mean, so many of us don't. I know now, but there's so many nonprofits and organizations out there nobody knows about, and a lot of vets don't want. I go to the VA. There's a lot of VA cutting going on right now, and we just all kind of know, right? The VA still doesn't have the best wrap. So some are good, some are bad. So I want to be a resource. You know, I help vets get in the treatment that don't have insurance. That's what our nonprofit does too. That's why we we, we need donations, stuff like that. But there's so many ways to collaborate together. Not just on the side of what I do, but what you do, and then you, mm-hmm. me, me, and you both are veterans together. So my goal is to go national nationwide with this on every part right right east west West. south and that's starting to happen and those dots are starting to connect we need to have more resources and not just for veterans and first responders and law enforcement who struggle you know horribly just in their job not to mention whatever's going on at home but mental health in general right now is a big deal right and we're seeing not just the increase in suicides with vets but just regulars civilians um overdoses are up over a hundred thousand just in yeah in wisconsin in my article that i just was reading today you know first thing on the top of the page overdose death surpasses 100k um we're seeing the repercussions of covid not being able to grieve p- properly and not being in the hospital of our families, Thanksgivings Yeah, exactly. right now is a big pivotal moment, uh, dividing our country with politics. You know, I- I'm even just praying already for like the next election that no matter what happens, like we can just find peace. Yeah. Uh, Cause we can't go through another four year. No, we just got like to stand up. For,
1: we just got to stand up for what's right. And we know that we've been laying down a, a, a- messed up path here by whatever's going on with the powers that be. Right. So the us 80% know that's really going on. I got to stand up and, 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 you know, stand up for what's right. You know, I always got your, as they say, I got your
2: six, Brennan, always
1: Uh, talk about your book real quick. Where can they get your book?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, you can get it on brennanwagner.com right now. I'll ship it to you. So I signed a, a deal with TBN. So April 4th of this year is my book release it's already up on like Books A Million, Barnes and Noble, Amazon for pre-orders and a bunch of other ones. And then April 4th, it releases on like 40,000 different stores or networks, whoever's going to carry it. So, but yeah, I mean, right now, if you want it before April, uh, you'd have to go to BrendanWagner.com, or if you're local and in Wisconsin, you know, I can meet up with you or whatever too. But yeah, you'll be able to find it anywhere. Awesome. After April 4th.
1: Sweet. Okay. Before we part, my
2: friend, what piece of advice or lesson can you give the audience before we part our ways? Hold on. Pain ends. I'm sure people have heard that before. Don't lose hope. That's the whole purpose that me and Max wrote books and do what we do. You know, it's funny. I used to make fun of like all the cliche, you know, this two shall pass and all that. But it's so <laughs> true in regards to faith. Here's, you know, the good old bracelets I used to make fun of, too. You know, what would Jesus do? Like, we shouldn't be judging people. He'd be in the trenches with them, fighting for them. Um, we should yep. be speaking truth into people, loving to people. The biggest thing for me is would be like what you said with the why. Being grateful for what you do have, not what you don't have. Don't yeah. compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to you and when you can do better and when you lay your head down at night and it's just you and God. It's like part of the steps, right? Who did I harm today? Who can I who can I talk to tomorrow to, to apologize to or make their day better? Who can I help today instead of me just talking about myself all day or whatever. Yeah. Or what can I get? Just never, just never give up right. because I've been through everything you can imagine. And so have you and including losing, you know, both of us losing family members and I lost a baby and all that stuff. And you, you know, you can either choose to spiritually grow from those things and help other people through those. Right. right? Or you can sit in your, your pity pile, which I still do sometimes, but I crawl back out of it, but um, yeah. never give up, never give in. Cause you never know what tomorrow holds. Your whole life could change in a second. Awesome,
1: that's perfect. Thank you, my brother, for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I had to grab you, man, because I know you're going to go on this book tour, man. And it's going to be like, dude, I got to go to another book tour. I got to sign some books. I'll call you later. (laughs) Well, I will.
2: I will share the news with you. I will be out in California in September. I just got invited out there, so. Awesome. Doing an event out there and um, connecting with some other veteran stuff, like sports heroes and lots of other cool stuff going on. So sweet giving a harley away i don't I, tell anyone yet no i won't
1: well, i just did cool. yeah just, just, put did. It <laughs> on, just put my name on that ticket that you're giving it to so i won't say anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah my wife wouldn't let me have yeah. it anyway so
2: thank you yeah, sir thanks for having me, man.
1: yeah you were great man hope you heard what you needed to hear audience and uh until next time we will all right love you brother see ya. love you bro